This is the Bartender Journey Podcast. Hey, it's Bartender Journey Podcast number 125. Thanks for listening. My name is Brian Vincent Weber. I'm glad to uh, welcome you into the show today. So uh, today we're going to have some audio from Tales of the Cocktail 2015. Uh, I talked to Tony Abu Ghanem, and he's the author of uh, Vodka Distilled, the modern mixologist on vodka and vodka cocktails. He also wrote the modern mixologist contemporary classic cocktails. So I caught up with Tony in the Hotel Monteleon lobby. So I have a little interview with Tony. And then uh, also this year at Tales, I got a chance to talk to Mark DeKuyper, and he's the owner of Mandarin Napoleon. And they ran a contest at the Napoleon House in New Orleans. Uh, it was the third annual Mandarin Napoleon Imperial Battle of the Sexes. And they have a bunch of bartenders, uh, male and female, competing against each other. And uh, so we're going to hear about that from Mark. Uh, we I got a chance to talk to him just before the competition was about to start. And then the competition started. They let everybody in. And uh, so we're going to hear, hear that and talk to a bunch of the bartenders and hear about their recipes. I'll post all those recipes and some pictures from the event up on bartenderjourney.net. And you can take a look at that. Hey, right now we're listening to Haven by Jeselnik. All right, before we get to the audio from the Napoleon House Cocktail Competition, we're going to talk to Tony Abu Ghanem. And uh, don't forget to stay tuned to the very end of the podcast for our toast. We do a toast every week at the end of the podcast. All right, here's Tony. Tony, it's great to see you again. The last time I saw you was in Disney World with Dale DeGroff. (laughs) Yes, it was. Very good memory. Yeah, Dale and I were doing... Dessert cocktails with flavored vodkas, and it was it was fabulous. It was really uh, taking confectionaries and making them into liquid form based on flavored vodkas. There I am waiting in line to get in to see you and Dale, and I'm talking to the people online that are paid for the seminar, and I'm like, do you guys know who Dale DeGroff is, right? They're like, no. <laughs> I, I don't even know where to begin to explain it, but, it, you know, yet there's interest there to find out you know, more. Absolutely, no. And I think vodka as a category is misunderstood. I think a lot of people drink vodka and they don't even know why they choose a brand they choose. And it's why I wrote the book Vodka Distilled, which really goes in depth only on straight vodkas. It doesn't touch on any flavored vodkas. I think that's a category all on its own. So to better understand, I think you can then better enjoy. And that was the idea behind it. But yeah, it was a fabulous uh, seminar. I think people really enjoyed it, and I think we opened some eyes. People were people were cheering. I tell you what, it was it was it was really fun. And uh, you know, but what I liked about it so much was like I think these are people that have really learned something. You know, today. Well, I that's a beautiful thing about any of those type of seminars, like the seminars here at Tales, especially for consumers. And those are the ones I like to lead. I like to, you know influence consumers because not only are they frequenting our bars and restaurants but they want to make this drink at home they want to enjoy this with their friends and experience and be a bartender themselves for a day you know a home mixologist so for a minute anyway yeah you know it's that old story you know you give a man a fish eats for a day you teach a man to fish eats for a lifetime and i feel the same way about uh teaching people to mix drinks at home a big thing in vodka is um filtration I was just in a seminar and we were talking about filtration of vodka and I'm like, what exactly are we filtering out here? Well, if the distillation is true, then I really think very limited filtration is the most beneficial. Any particle of filtration. But you know, in Western European style for years, they were striving for the purest, most neutral distillant possible. And the additional filtration allowed them to 
to take a, a distilled spirit at 96% alcohol and take out anything that might be left, good or bad. So and flavor included. And flavor included, and make it very, very neutral. And where Eastern European style was much more masculine and robust and left a lot of that in. And that's, to me, the, you know, really what represents vodka. The seminar I was just at presented a unfiltered Belvedere vodka. And I got to tell you what, that's the most delicious vodka I ever had in my life. Yeah, because the flavor of the vodka, the style, the art of the master distiller. And Claire is fantastic. I mean, I love her to death. And I love her, her, her message and her approach and her understanding and love for the vodka category. And uh, yeah, let's go unfiltered. <laughs> of course, we're talking about Claire Warner-Smith there. She's the uh, head of spirit creation and mixology for Belvedere Vodka. So next, I asked Tony if he thought the sort of uh, backlash against vodka in the uh, in the cocktail community was sort of overblown, or, or what he thought about that. Yes, absolutely. And, and thank God the backlash against vodka, I think, is, is coming around. You know, I don't know. Somebody got up on their... You know, their their high horse and started to preach the evils of vodka. I was like, what did vodka ever do to you? One of the oldest known distilled spirits to man. 25% of all distilled spirits in the United States are vodkas. People like to drink vodka. And I, I, these bars, they must have got exhausting night after night. We don't stock vodka. We only have one vodka. Why don't you have vodka? Why don't you make vodka cocktails? I want a Cosmopolitan. Oh, nobody drinks. I mean, it, it, it's just so... It's wonderful to see today that vodka is again gaining its rightful place on the back bar. I think it's turning around now, finally, you know, finally, and I think it's a good thing. It's a great thing. I mean, it's, you know, our guests, if they want to drink vodka, make them the best vodka cocktail you can. Understand vodka. Understand the characteristics and the nuances and the subtleties that make each unique and special. Instead of, you know, it, it takes a lot of work to understand vodka. But I, we're in the hospitality business last time I checked. And my goal is to give my guest a great experience. What they want, right? Give them what they want. I right. know you got a lot it of people waiting. It was a pleasure. All right. Nice talking with you guys. Right. Well. I'll see you again. All right. Thank you. Cheers. Thank you very much. That was really a recurring theme at Tales of the Cocktail this year that uh, we can uh, we can educate our guests and uh, and encourage them to try something new. But in the end, we have to give them something they're going to like and something they're going to appreciate. And they're not coming to a bar necessarily to uh, to learn something. They're coming to to have a good time and uh, maybe enjoy something new, or but maybe enjoy something they're um, they're accustomed to drinking. So. Uh, interesting talk with Tony there anyway and uh, he's a smart man super nice guy and I uh, hope to see him again soon well before we move on I just thought of three things that I should have uh, brought up maybe I should have brought them up earlier but uh, let's do it now for one thing the uh, video of my talk with Steve Lutman from LeBlanc Cachaca uh, last week I posted it up, and if you were one of the few people to watch it, uh, as soon as I posted it, you'll see that uh, you can hear Steve and not hear me, but <laughs> I fixed that. So if you go to bartenderjourney.net now and uh, find that posting for the LeBlanc Cachaca episode, uh, if you're having trouble find it, finding it, just uh, go up to the Google search bar on the upper right-hand side. There's a little search bar there, and you can type in uh, LeBlanc, L-E-B-L-O-N, and you'll be able to watch that interview, and uh, you'll, you'll see me and Steve there, and you'll see the uh, lesson we did about making the Caparinga cocktail. So, uh, yeah, if you want to check that out, it's up on bartenderjourney.net. While I was at Tales of the Cocktail, I was invited to a lovely dinner, and it was uh, held by Mazan Rum. 
and uh, niche imports actually, and uh, they, they make a beautiful bottle of rum, Mazan Extra Old Rum XO Jamaica, wonderful bottle of rum, and uh, my friend Warren Bobrow was uh, make, mixing up cocktails during the event, and uh, he, he did a little talk, and uh, it was a wonderful event, great time. But uh, at, the, at the dinner, he mixed up a wonderful cocktail that he invented, and he called it an offer of 250 Jamaican dollars. And uh, it was delicious. And I've recreated one here. It's really good. Uh, he took grapefruit and grilled it and uh, juiced that. So grilled grapefruit juice. Delicious. And uh, so we have uh, four ounces of that. We have two ounces of the Mazan rum. We have uh, four to five dashes of or drops of bitters. Uh, he used El Guapo Love Potion Number no. Nine, which I've not been able to uh, acquire any of that. Uh, so uh, I just used Angostura bitters, and uh, and then uh, that goes over a nice hand-cut ice cube, which he's a big proponent of, and uh, he's he's also made me uh, a big proponent of that myself because uh, they're they're wonderful. And uh, okay, and then uh, a little uh, squeeze of seltzer on top of that. Great cocktail. Uh, thank you for that, Warren. And uh, I will post a copy of that recipe up on bartenderjourney.net. In fact, it's a beautifully designed graphic with a picture of it and uh, that comes from Mazan and uh, that gives the full recipe and has a great picture. Next item of business, I mentioned a few weeks ago that I was interested in experimenting with this vacuum um, seal for wine bottles, a wine saver. Uh, I have one here from Vacuvin and uh, I'll put a link up to that on bartenderjourney.net where you can uh, see what I'm talking about and uh, what it is, it's, it's a rubber um, cork, I guess you call it, a rubber enclosure that you put on top of your open, of your bottle of wine that you've opened already, and uh, in order to preserve it, and then there's a pump, and it pumps all the air out of it, so I was really curious to find out how well this thing worked, and uh, so I did an experiment. I opened two bottles of identical wine, uh, it was a Cabernet from 2012, Cabernet from Chile, Chile, Chile? There's a cooler way to pronounce that, which I can't do. Chili? <laughs> I'm still not doing it. Anyway, uh, so two identical bottles of wine. I open it at the exact same time or, well, <laughs> within 30 seconds of each other. So, um, but my first uh, surprise was that these two bottles, same year, same vineyard, same everything, same label, exactly the same. I, so I thought tasted kind of different right off the bat. <laughs> So that was, uh, that was quite a surprise. So I sealed one back up with the vacuum seal, and the other one I just shoved the cork back into it, you know, like most people do, and whether at home or at the bar. And uh, I tasted them over a period of a week uh, to see the differences. And I can tell you, I was extremely impressed with how well this product did. The Vacuvin, uh, I was I was a little cynical, to be honest with you. I, I, I didn't expect it to work as well as it did, and it made a huge difference. And uh, I, I took notes every uh, day or two about, about the tastings of these two, you know, how my impressions of the tastings of these two bottles. And uh, I will post that up on bartenderjourney.net so you can read exactly um, how it went over the period of the week. But I can tell you after day three or four, it was um, the one sealed up with the vacuum in, uh, I thought might have tasted better than when I originally opened it, to be honest with you. And the other one was uh, hard to drink. And today, after seven days of being open, the... Uh, the one with the vacuum in is it's you know it's seven days is too long uh that's too long but uh after four days three four days it was really made a huge difference uh today after seven days 
Um, the one with the vacuum seal is not great. Um, the one with the cork shoved back into it, I just could not drink it. It was really bad. So like I said, uh, to read my full report, all my notes from this little experiment, go, to, go over to bartenderjourney.net and uh, type in, if you're having trouble finding the notes for this episode, just go to the Google bar and type in 125. This is episode number 125, 125. That'll help you uh, locate that posting if you're, if you're listening to this in the future. You know, each, each week the uh, postings get pushed down one and uh, so... Uh, if you're listening to this as soon as it comes out, you'll find it right away. If you're listening in the future in your flying car on the way to your hologram convention or whatever, um, <laughs> type in uh, in the Google search bar number 125. This is show number 125, and that'll bring you to the posting uh, that goes along with this episode. So the next thing we're going to do is take a little walk over to the Napoleon House, short walk from Hotel Monteleone, and check out the uh, Battle of the Sexes cocktail competition. We're going to talk to some of the contestants, some of the bartenders, and hear about their cocktails. But first, we're going to talk to owner of Mandarin Napoleon, Mark DeKuyper. Well, great. This is uh, great to meet you. Likewise. Uh, Tell us about this event. Can't wait. Looks exciting. So this is the fourth time we do uh, a a battle um, for Mandarin Napoleon. Uh, The third time that we do actually a battle of the sexes. So it's two teams uh, of four bartenders from all over the United States battling each other. And there's a big prize. it's the, the, the communicated prize is actually uh, a trip to Miami, but we always throw in uh, some, some, uh, some extra, extra surprises in there. Right. So, uh, but I can't tell you that right, right. now. <laughs> but what, so what's the competition, right? What, 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 what's the parameters of the competition? Um, so they all got a sample of the Mandarin Napoleon, and uh, they, so they had some time to prepare their cocktail. Okay. And so they're presenting their cocktail. We, we got all their ingredients for them here. Um, so they're making the cocktails right now. And in a little bit, like uh, 100, 150 people will walk in and they will choose which cocktail they like best. So they have like a little ballot and they can write down uh, their favorite cocktail and we'll see who wins in the end. Well, tell us about the brand. So Mandarin Napoleon is, uh, is, is actually created by a family called um, uh, the Fulcroix family. They, they lived in, uh, in Belgium. Um, they actually uh, accidentally or can, kind of like co-created it with Emperor Napoleon in, uh, in the 1800s. Okay. Uh, and my family took, took the brand in, um, in five, six years ago. Oh, okay. um, and uh, they kept it in the family for seven generations. Our family's in business for 11 generations. And we've been pr- distributing their, their brand in a couple of our markets. Wow, so, 11 generations. That's amazing. Yeah, 1695. <laughs> wow. And uh, my wife is actually two weeks pregnant, and so the 12th generation is, uh, or no, not two weeks pregnant, due in two weeks. So, yeah, yeah. so I'm a little bit stressed, uh, looking oh, at my phone wow. quite, yeah, quite a bit. Yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, so that's the 12th generation. But uh, we, no, so and they really wanted this brand to continue in uh, in, in in a family business. So, right. we're so your family, uh, what what are your brands? The Kuiper is our our the, the Kuiper cordial, so the peach tree, the apple schnapps, uh, um, yeah, sour yeah. apple, that kind of stuff. That's 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 our original brand. Uh-huh. Um, originally, actually, Geneva, then cordials, Cam de Mont, um, Blue Curacao, Triple Sec. That's, that's Gene- Geneva is an interesting category. Um, well, there it's it's been off the map a little bit. Yeah. Uh, it's actually the the origin of gin is both juniper based. The Dutch took Geneva to England. Um, and then uh, after a while, the Dutch were, were defeated out of England again, and, and Geneva stayed. And, and the British started to make their own Geneva's and then brought it on their trips, you know, through Asia and 
with uh, you know what happened after and uh, and that's when botanicals became a more bigger part of gins which was their version of Geneva uh, Geneva actually in Dutch means juniper so that's the base of, of both gin and Geneva uh, we're actually in two days we're launching our Ruti brand which uh, which includes uh, among two Geneva or gins also Geneva Oh, nice. Yeah. Where's that made? Uh, in Holland as well. Yeah, it's oh, yeah. a very original, uh, tiny distillery. It's 209 square feet. We had to take out the, the, the ceiling of the first floor to fit a, a new pot still. Um, wow. It's really ex exceptional. The master distiller is in town. All right. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, she, and, it's, and the, he, well, it's, it's she, so yeah. she, will, uh, she will be um, talking about that brand um, on Friday. Nice. It's the official nice. launch in my in the, in the U.S. It seems I I don't know. It seems a little overwhelming to start up a new, you know, to start up a, dis, a still. You have to source the still itself and the right. ingredients and everything. It, it well, must be original, quite a process. The original still is still there, but um, with the gins, we needed uh, a little bit more sophisticated equipment. Um, so uh, we added the, uh, a new installation to the distillery. Nice. Yeah. I, if I remember correctly, you had a uh, event here with uh, Deshaun last year. That, you know, you're right. I did um, uh, a dynamic duos with, yeah, with him yeah, yeah. downstairs, correct? And we did the same event also here. Yeah. Um, yeah. So obviously, the Napoleon House has a, a lot of links with the Napoleon Mandarin Napoleon brand. Um, name is just coincidence, I guess. <laughs> it's, it's not. Um, the Demander Napoleon Distillery is still in Belgium. It's 50 um, miles away from where Napoleon was finally defeated. Oh, yeah. And just before he got defeated, his Imperial Guard got, got, were ambushed and, and is severely injured and they called for a town physician. And that town physician is, was the one, a member of the Fourquois family. And he brought, and like with all the stuff that, like, like the alcohol that he wanted to bring to like sterilize the wounds and all that stuff, he brought like also a distill of mandarins that he used to make of dried peels that his father brought from Italy. And we're talking 1700s here. And Napoleon brought his cognac on the battle, and and he just wanted to have a drink, and so they mixed the two up, and that was kind of like the the concept of the mandarin Napoleon product. Then only 71 years after Napoleon died, they actually commercialized it and and brought it to the market and over that time they've added like some botanicals, uh, cardamom, cinnamon, there's actually green tea in, in, in Mandarin Napoleon but it's still the same 10 year old cognac and uh, the same distillate of the mandarins that, um, that, that they started to mix up there. Alright. So it has everything to do with the brand. Alright. It, this is a great old place. It's been here for I don't know, 100, 200 years or something. Yeah, it, well, it's, it, it was built. I was built in, uh, in in the late 1700s, um, and actually, uh, it was built for Napoleon had he made it to escape France. But they they captured him just before he, he could make it out of the country. What? Yeah. <laughs> so this this was supposed to be his apartment. <laughs> cool is that? Yeah. Can you show me around a little bit? Sure, What's going on inside? Let's, yeah, let's do it. So we have uh, we have four bar stations, uh, each a guy and a girl, over here, one over here, and one over here. So here is where the the battling um, between uh, the, each con contestant, and then up there is on the stage is the is the final competition, and uh, so the best guy, the best girl will compete there, and whoever wins gets the the big prize. Nice, fun event. And you're expecting a couple hundred people, huh? Absolutely. It's almost done. Yeah, I just <laughs> want to make sure. Yeah. So on the on the on the man side, we have Adam uh, Del Gucci Main. He's from the Rack Room in Miami. 
We have Dev Johnson from Employees Only in New York, Rob Crabtree from Good Company in Houston, Texas, and, and Nectali uh, from uh, Herbs and Rye in Las Vegas. And the captain of that team is our bon vivant, uh, Matthias Simonis. And on the women's side, we have Aaron uh, from Lost Lake in, in Chicago. We have Tess from Mother's Ruin in New York, and Julia from the office of the Avery, so downstairs in Chicago, and Nicole from the Hawthorne in Boston. And their captain is Jossie from, uh, from the Bon Vivants in Chicago. Nice. So, um, we have a, a great team of uh, very, um, very experienced and very talented bartenders to work with uh, Mandarin Napoleon here. I think you should try this one, actually. It looks I'm frozen. Yeah. How are you, bro? Hello, how are you? I am living the dream, you know? Absolutely. <laughs> Taking the dice, throwing them to see what lands today. All right. How about you? Good, good. You want to tell us about your cocktail? Absolutely. I have a little bit of uh, Mandarin Napoleon. I have tequila ocho. Boron Blood Orange Puree, a um, little bit of uh, bar syrup, we're garnishing it with a tahini rim, and uh, chicharron garnish for the Mexican in us. Can I dry it? Absolutely, I can try it now. And it's coming out of a slushy machine, by the way. Thank you so much, cheers. Cheers, cheers, brother, enjoy. I need to try one too. Oh, wow. That's great. Delicious. Oh, that's good. Cheers. Cheers. <laughs> mm -mm. And sorry, where are you from? I am from Las Vegas, Nevada. Herbs and Rye. Herbs and Rye, yep, yep. The one and only. Legendary. Yeah, this is a, this is a good improvement on a Bloody Mary, I would say. For a hot day, especially. <laughs> mm -mm. Smart to make it cold. Yeah. That will do well with the um, I figure if I can people. slam today, I should stop. <laughs> <laughs> go. Yeah, that is smart. It's all ready to go. I love it. Three o'clock tequila drinks. <laughs> Why not? Hi. Hi, how are you? Good, how are you? Very good, thank you. Would you like to uh, talk on mic about your drink? Would I ever? Oh, yeah, heck yeah. Well, tell us your name and where you're from and what you're making. Hi, I'm Nicole Lebedovich from Boston, Massachusetts, and I'm making a cocktail called The Beast from the East. Uh, utilizing Mandarin Napoleon with a little bit of lemon juice tomorrow, Montenegro, and... Um, Downey Cider, which is a local Boston cider. So really excited to do the apples and oranges, you know, little jokes oh, nice. coming from that. So it's killer. Cool. Can I give it a try? Thank you. Cheers. Cheers. Thank you. <laughs> so right then they were getting ready to start the event and let the, uh, the crowds in. So it got really noisy there for a minute. But uh, as the event started, I had a few more minutes before I had to move on to my next uh, appointment. So I wandered around, talked to some more bartenders, and, and tried some more cocktails. Good. I know you're busy, but would you take a minute to talk to me and For tell sure. me your name and tell, tell me about your drink? For sure. Do you mind if I work while I talk to you? Uh, of course not. Okay, cool. <laughs> um, I'm Erin Hayes. I'm from Lost Lake in Chicago. I'm the bar manager there. All right. So the first thing I thought of when they were talking about the battle of the sexes is like a, a battle-themed cocktail, and one of the most famous daiquiri variations is the Golden Glove. So obviously that's a boxing relation, right. Golden Glove. So I wanted to do a variation on that, but also make it something a little bit lower ABV and really refreshing for obviously the hot weather in New Orleans. So I did kind of a cobbler meets the Golden Glove mashup. So I've got Mandarin Napoleon, two different kinds of rum, one uh, rum JM from Martinique, one Jamaican rum. Um, I've got some uh, white vermouth, and then I've got some sherry, as well as some citrus and a little bit of absinthe just to brighten up all the flavors. And it has a little umbrella in it. Of course, I'm a tiki girl. <laughs> Got it. I love tiki drinks. Awesome, me too. I mean, that's I make them every day, all day, every day. And we're doing a little swizzle instead of uh, shaking or stirring. Where'd you get these swizzle sticks? These are great. Uh, those ones are actually branded from Rum Clement and Rum JM, but the big one is uh, clipped from a tree in Martinique. 
Yeah. <laughs> a little authenticity. You like the mandarin? I do. It's delicious. Um, it's got a little bit of spice. It's got a nice amount of orange. Not super sweet like some orange liqueurs. Can I take uh, the smallest taste? Neat. Of the mandarin? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Give me one second. Let me swizzle these up for these guys. Oh, nice. And it comes with a green or pink neon straw. That's fun. Yeah. Thank you, guys. Cheers. Of course. Grab it. Thank you. Oh, that's delicious. Thank you. The absinthe really comes through. Okay. So it's, it depends on how sensitive you are to those kind of flavors. But definitely, there's just a touch of absinthe. I personally can always never have enough. So I'm glad that it, it comes through, but it's not overpowering. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm actually not a huge fan of um, licorice flavors, but, yeah. but it, it goes great in this drink. Cheers, great to meet you. Cheers. I'm Rob Crabtree from Houston, Texas, representing Good Company. Um, I'm here with a drink called Black is the New Orange. It's a, a Buck-style drink with a split base of Mandarin Napoleon orange liqueur, Mandarin orange liqueur, and um, Fernet Vallette, it's a Mexican Fernet, essentially. Uh, ginger syrup, lime juice, a little bit of Topo Chico, and then a float of uh, Young's Double Chocolate Stout. Holy cow, that sounds great. A little bit of beer in there, a little bit of everything. It's black as night and delicious. Got that neon orange uh, candied fruit on top, huh? And your your gas station candied orange slice, because I love them. <laughs> Looks like they got you some decent ice today. Oh, yeah. Some good old cold, cold draft or hojizaki. Always working with premium ice and tails, luckily. I had a couple drinks today that were, were had some uh, not-so-great ice. Really? Yeah. It happens. <laughs> the good brands use the good ice. It's got beer on top. Thank you so much. Cheers. Cheers. Oh, very nice. Yeah. It looks like it's going to be like, whoa, this is really powerful, but it kind of fishes cleaner. That's the whole point. Hey, the, the ginger goes great with this stout. Yeah, the, the ginger cuts through the Amaro really well. And then the orange, the mandarin orange accent of the Napoleon is just stunning on this. Yeah, very great. Cheers. Thanks. Hi, how are you? Would you like to talk on mic about your drink and tell us a little about yourself? Sure. Uh, my name's Tess Sawyer. I'm from New York City. I work at Mother's Ruin. And uh, my drink tonight is called Keeper of the Seeds. It's going to be Mandarin Napoleon based because I really want that to be the star of the drink. It's got fresh muddled green and red grapes, some Dolan driver mousse for some uh, herbaceous notes, lime juice shaken, or dirty poured so you can have the grapes in there and top with a little time to reinforce that herbaceousness like a garden. The muddled grapes that can only do like Two at a time. He had a good idea over here. He made everything up in a in, in, a, in the uh, freezing machine, and that's it. <laughs> beautiful, beautiful. Thank you. Mm, delicious. Thanks a lot. Cheers. Uh, thank you. Would you like to tell us about your drink and tell us about yourself? Yeah, absolutely. All right. So tell us uh, your name, where you work, and uh, what you mix up here tonight. Adam Del Gucci Man from uh, Miami Rec Room. Uh, today I'm doing a drink called the Handsome and Wealthy. It's uh, like a take on a sherry cobbler. I wanted to do something fruit forward and super refreshing to keep everyone cool uh, during the hot New Orleans summer. Holy cow, it's so hot outside. It's unbelievable. It's so hot. It's so hot. I remember last year a lot of people had like stirred like Manhattan style drinks and I was just sweating. I was like, give me something refreshing. So I wanted to, I wanted to come with all the refreshment. Start to realize why those frozen drinks are so popular on Bourbon Street. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Blackberries. Raspberries, blackberries, strawberries, uh, Oloroso sherry, uh, VSOP cognac, and of course Mandarin Napoleon topped with some champagne. There, please have one. Thank you so much. My pleasure. <clears throat> oh, that's great. Thank you very much. Thank you. Cheers.
All right, that was a fun event, and uh, I'll post up some pictures and recipes from that event as well up on bartenderjourney.net. And again, this is show number 125, so uh, if you have any trouble finding the posting that goes along with this show, just type 125 into the Google search bar on the upper right-hand side. Don't forget to stay tuned to the very end of the show for our toast. Uh, first, I'll tell you, uh, we have some exciting things coming up on the show. Uh, I still have some more archived uh, audio from Tales of the Cocktail. I've done some interviews. Oh, I, I met um, Natalie from Beautiful Booze, uh, the Beautiful Booze uh, Cocktail blog at Tales of the Cocktail, and I did an interview with her. I'll have that um, most likely next week. And I have uh, I spoke to some guys uh, who are building a bar and restaurant in a uh, small town in Missouri. I think I mentioned it last week. Uh, I, I misspoke. I, I thought they were in St. Louis. That's not true. They're in a very small town and they're building a craft cocktail bar. And I was really interested to hear how uh, how that's going. And, and uh, you know, craft cocktails in small markets can be a small, uh, a, a hard sell, I should say, sometimes. But, um, you know, these guys are, are very confident that they're going to um, to pull it off. And, uh, and uh, they seem like smart guys. And it was a lot of fun talking with them. So uh, I have that interview coming up. And plenty more things, so uh, subscribe on iTunes, and so you make sure you get the new shows as soon as they're available. If you can go to iTunes and do me a favor and leave some stars and some and write something nice, uh, do a review. That would be so helpful. It helps other people find the show. It helps us move up in the ratings and that kind of thing. So uh, it really helps out the show. You can also help out the show by going to bartenderjourney.net, and there's a tip cup page there. And uh, if you like to, if the show's helped you out and you'd like to help support the show, you can uh, leave a tip for the show to help uh, pay to help kind of offset the the costs that are associated with doing the show or alternatively uh, there there are Amazon links up there and if you just click on any one of those links to uh, buy the products that I've uh, suggested or uh, buy anything else after clicking through a link on bartenderjourney.net go to Amazon and do your shopping for whatever it is for uh, bar tools bar books if you're looking to buy a new charger for your phone and whatever it is it, you know, it doesn't cost you any extra, and it does help uh, support the show a little bit. Hey, you can get in touch with me by emailing me. It's my new email address is brian at bartenderjourney.net. So feel free to get in touch for whatever reason. I'd love to hear from you. All right, here's our toast. May the best day you have seen in your past be worse than your worst day yet to come. Cheers. We'll see you next time on Bartender Journey. <laughs>